0: Uh, morning. Um, today's reading is from Proverbs one verses one to seven. Uh, it will be on. It is on screen. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple knowledge and discretion to the young let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables the sayings and riddles of the wise the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction welcome everyone uh if we haven't met my name is jack Uh, i'm on the leadership team here at barney's uh, and we're going to begin uh, this morning uh, with a poem. Who reckons they know which poem we're going with? You can recognise it from the picture. Uh, there's a few nods, everyone's favourite poem from Year 11. Here we go. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveller. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent, in the undergrowth, then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that, the passing there had warned them really about the same. Uh, this is of course Robert Frost's poem, The Road Not Taken, and it's an iconic to- poem, many of you, as I said, will recognise it from your 11 English, uh, it's sort of a rite of passage this poem. Uh, But I think much of the popularity of it comes from this dominant picture of two paths diverging in that yellow wood. Uh, And it kind of grabs you, doesn't it? Because we can so easily identify with this feeling. Uh, This feeling of walking through life and then being faced with a decision. Two paths opening up in front of you. Which one do you choose? Uh, And these choices that we face in life range from the small and the mundane, all the way up to the huge and the consequential. Uh, But more than that, how do you choose? Uh, What tools do I have to make that choice, Uh, particularly when you can't even see beyond the bend, let alone 10 kilometers down the track? Where is that path going to lead you? And it's these moments when you're faced with a decision like this, where there's no black and white option there's only kind of grey. Because this is life, isn't it? Uh, In this week alone, you are going to face these kinds of choices. Uh, Maybe it's a big week for you, where you're going to have to make significant decisions. Do I put myself forward for this promotion? Is this the right house to buy or to rent? But more likely, there will just be a myriad of decisions that we have to face, day in, day out. Should I ride into work or drive? How do I navigate a friendship that isn't going very well? Is it ever okay to go into debt? If so, how much, when and why? Can Christians have Botox? How should I think about disposable fashion? How should I think about the conflict in the Middle East? Do I need to express that somehow? And we could just keep going on and on and on. Because every single area of our lives has this question, these questions. And the thing, in a sense, that unites all of these questions together is that the Bible doesn't explicitly address them. Uh, You can't just grab your Bible, uh, open it up and flick to the answer. It's not like a manual like that. All of these questions just exist in this giant grey area. Uh, So what do we do? What are we supposed to do with all these questions? Is it that you just follow the rules where there are rules, and then just for the rest you can kind of do what you like? Well, fortunately for us, the Bible actually gives us a category to think about these grey areas. Uh, And this is the category that's called wisdom, a whole way of thinking about these areas. Uh, And one of the books that speaks directly to wisdom is the book of Proverbs. Uh, And so, we're going to be spending the next three weeks in a little whirlwind tour of Proverbs. Uh, And in doing so, we're going to be introducing ourselves to this category of wisdom, Uh, the category that helps us choose which path to walk down, that gives us the tools to make these decisions. Uh, Proverbs is incredibly practical, uh, and it is a category that we need most in our day-to-day lives. Uh, But I also want to say up front uh, that, of course, we're only just going to scratch the surface. Uh, But one of uh, my hopes and prayers is that in these three weeks that we end up in Proverbs, that it will, uh, in a sense, just open up Proverbs to you. And open up particularly this idea of wisdom, this idea that is so precious and valuable to us. And that is something that we'll learn to love uh, and be able to delve into more uh, as we go through. Uh, So I'm going to pray. Uh, and then we're going to jump into our passage for today. So let's pray together. Uh, Father God, we thank you for your words. Uh, your word is truth. Sanctify us now. Uh, please be teaching those of us who need to be taught, uh, be correcting those of us who need to be corrected, and be bringing comfort to those of us uh, who are feeling burdened. Father, help all of us to see Jesus and understand the grace of that you have given us in him. We pray this, Father, in your Son's name. Amen. Well, two things we're going to do today. Uh, We're going to start to get ahead around the basics of Proverbs. Uh, We're going to sort of look at that question of what is a proverb, uh, and then introduce ourselves to wisdom itself. Uh, And then we're going to see, uh, in a sense, three reasons why Proverbs matter. Uh, Three reasons why you should uh, pay attention. uh, Why uh, it is worth your time. Uh, so let's jump in and introduce ourselves to Proverbs. Uh, let's try and orient ourselves to the book uh, on the screen, Proverbs 1.1. 1, 1. We read, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And so the first question to ask is a super basic one. What is a proverb? Well, put simply, uh, it's a short, pithy, practical and memorable saying. Now, it's worth pausing here uh, because uh, Australia is not really a proverbial culture. Uh, I was chatting to a friend, Dr. Ria Cassis, who's a Middle Eastern scholar. He grew up in Lebanon, lived in Syria, and he was saying uh, as he grew up, his Lebanese dad basically exclusively talked in Proverbs. For every situation, his dad had a proverb uh, and would tell him this proverb. Uh, It was a way that they were able to understand the world around them. Uh, But the funny thing is that Australia is kind of the opposite. Uh, We live in a society that is highly analytical and logical, which means there typically actually isn't much room for proverbs. We don't value them as much. And yet, having said that, even in a society that is possibly the least proverbial culture uh, ever, we can't help but still have them. There is a power to them that just keeps coming through. They are so innate to us as humans. Uh, here are a few proverbs uh, that we have and use Um, a picture paints a thousand words Uh, a problem shared is a problem halved for the medical professionals out there a person who is their own doctor has a fool for a patient all's well that ends well best is the enemy of good one that I cling to and use a lot better late than never (laughs) actually we could just kind of keep going and going couldn't we Uh, We have these little truths that help us to understand the world around us. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. They are, in a sense, little verbal representations of the world that we live in. Uh, So that's what a proverb is. Uh, And even in a non-proverbial country like Australia, we just use them a lot. Uh, So it's not really a surprise that we find them then in the Bible. Uh, But uh, as we dig into the introduction uh, to Proverbs... Uh, We're now going to turn to those three reasons for why the book of Proverbs is important. Three reasons why we should pay attention uh, and want to get to know Proverbs and wisdom. So here's the first reason. Uh, Point number one, Uh, Proverbs helps us to live life well. Uh, Now, we've already seen how complex life is, all the different questions that we have, the different issues that we are wrestling with. Well, Proverbs helps us navigate that. Uh, If we look at verses 2 to 6, Proverbs gives us essentially what is its purpose statement. The point of Proverbs is for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behaviour, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Uh, That's Proverbs' purpose statement. This is the point of them. Uh, And the key word here is that word wisdom. Uh, In Hebrew, uh, this is the Hebrew word chokmah. Uh, It's kind of tricky to translate, but at its most basic, it just kind of means the skill of living. That's what wisdom is. Now, it includes morality, but it goes beyond that. Uh, the Bible can use this word, chokmah, to describe a skilled artist. Uh, someone who creates something beautiful uh, is kind of tapping into the hokmah. They are making sense of this world. Uh, to put it another way, wisdom is creating, not chaosing. Wisdom is creating, not chaosing. Chaos is sort of the opposite of chokmah. Uh, But Proverbs 1, 2 to 6 also surrounds the word wisdom with synonyms that helps us to understand the elements which are involved in being wise. Again, we can see them on the screen here. Uh, We see these synonyms like instruction, understanding, prudence, knowledge, discretion, right, just, fairness. All of these are about becoming wise. Uh, It's the difference uh, between IQ and EQ. Uh, If IQ is a measure of how much you know, how logical you are, how many facts that you know, well, EQ is kind of the opposite. Daniel Goleman, uh, the man on the screen, wrote a book uh, in 1995 called Emotional Intelligence where he posited this idea of the EQ. In the book, he said that emotional intelligence, EQ, was a better indicator for a whole stack of different things, but including getting and holding a job Uh, for being happy and fulfilled in life, and for being able to make and sustain a relationship. EQ was more important than your IQ was. Your EQ, in other words, was a more important factor than IQ for living a successful life. Now, the funny thing is, with this book, is that the EQ that Goldman describes sounds awfully like the ancient category of biblical wisdom. He's Really, all he's done is just accidentally rediscovered this ancient category. So we can learn lots and lots of things, we can download lots and lots of information, we can know all the facts, but if you don't have EQ, if you don't have wisdom, then all those facts will be utterly useless in actually living life. We need wisdom to help us to navigate life. Uh, But there's something else here as well that we need to see. Uh, Who can make use of wisdom? Well, everyone can. Uh, In verse 4a, it says the simple can use it. Verse 4b, the young can use it. Verse 5, and the wise can listen and add to their wisdom. And this is important because what it means is that wherever you are up to in your faith and in your faith journey, wisdom is going to be important part of spiritual maturity is that process of making sure that the gospel impacts every single part of your life and wisdom is one of the key ways that we are able to do that. Uh, If you want to know how to be uh, a Christian doctor or a Christian small business owner or a Christian parent, whatever it is, you are going to need wisdom and the book of Proverbs will help you figure that out. It will tell you how to work. But more than that, it also tells us how to think about a whole range of different parts of our life. Our Proverbs will talk a lot about emotions, how Christians should think about that. It will talk a lot about how to navigate friendship and relationship. It helps us think about money, managing conflict, guidance, how to use words in ways that build up and don't tear down. Proverbs is incredibly practical what it does is help us bridge that gap between sort of a Sunday faith and a faith that has soaked into every single part of our lives. But Proverbs is also more than just a self-help book, because if we leave it here, then we will have missed the whole point of Proverbs. So it's not just that Proverbs is good for helping us live. Point two, Proverbs is a grace-filled gospel book all about Jesus. Proverbs is a grace-filled gospel book all about Jesus. Now, this might seem a little bit strange, particularly given uh, of how practical it is, Uh, but the clue to this is really in verse 7. And this is the theme verse of Proverbs, the key to understanding it. Verse 7, "...the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge." but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Uh, This verse points us to the foundational truth of wisdom. knowledge starts with God, not with us. And specifically, it's the fear of the Lord. Now, that's a strange phrase, Uh, so let's pause and try and unpack it a little bit. Uh, The fear of the Lord, as the Bible talks about it, is really the proper understanding of where we stand before God. Uh, It's to understand that God is so much bigger and more powerful than we could ever imagine. Uh, C.S. Lewis, the author of the Narnia series that you might know, he puts it like this. He says, in God, you come up against something which is in every respect immeasurably superior to yourself. Unless you know God as that, and therefore know yourself as nothing in comparison, you do not know God at all. Uh, You see, this is part of the problem of the world that we're in. Our friends, work colleagues, family, people, we can all have a knowledge of the world, but if we have missed God, then we have nothing. Uh, We can have the appearance of knowledge, but if we miss God, then Proverbs tells us that actually we're like fools who despise wisdom and instruction. Uh, Proverbs is saying to miss God is actually to miss everything. Me and my life is not the center of the universe. God is. And this is something that Proverbs is pretty black and white about. Uh, But before this becomes triumphalistic in any way sense, uh, we have to see something in here as well, because the fear of the Lord rebounds back on us as well. It stops us from becoming proud and looking down on others around us, or thinking that we have some sort of magical, special knowledge. Because to understand the fear of the Lord is to acknowledge that we have nothing except what God has given us. We don't deserve this grace We don't deserve this wisdom, rather, but God, in His grace, has given it to us, which is why we can say that Proverbs is a grace-filled book. But Proverbs is also more than that. It's a grace-filled book, gospel book, all about Jesus, because wisdom and Proverbs must always point us forward to Jesus, Uh, We need to remember when we read the Scriptures that the whole Bible is, in fact, one unified story from start to finish. And the Old Testament is always pointing us towards Jesus. And so when we move through to Jesus, we should expect to see wisdom. Let me give you a couple of examples of this. Uh, When we move through to Matthew 7, uh, 24, this is the end of the Sermon on the Mount, which is at its very least a collection of wise sayings. Jesus concludes by saying this, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like what? A wise man who built his house on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a, well, the opposite of a wise man. A foolish man who built his house on the sand. Uh, You see here, Jesus is the wisest person who ever lived. Uh, We can think of him often as our king, which he is. We think of Jesus as our priest, as a prophet. But Jesus here is also our mentor. He's a sage, a life coach. But of course, it would be a disservice to reduce Jesus down to a life coach or a genius only, because the Bible then takes it one step further. Jesus is not just wise, he is wisdom incarnate. He is wisdom in human form, Uh, which is why Paul can say this in 1 Corinthians 1.30, it is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is, our righteousness, holiness and redemption. Which means that as we read Proverbs, we need to understand wisdom we will gain a bigger and beautiful picture of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. So as we understand wisdom, that will point us forward to Jesus. Uh, Ray Ortland he sums it up beautifully like this. I love this quote. He says, The book of Proverbs is practical help from God for weak people like us stumbling through daily life. It is his counsel for the perplexed, His strength for the defeated. His warning to the proud. His mercy for the broken. The book of Proverbs is the gospel. Good news for the inept through the wisdom of another. We have every reason to receive it with a whole heart. I'll read that last little bit again. The book of Proverbs is the gospel. Good news for the inept through the wisdom of another. We have every reason to receive it with a whole heart. Uh, And so as we do this, as we receive Proverbs with a whole heart, we need to understand that Proverbs is a grace-filled gospel book all about Jesus. But we need to expect something else is going to happen to us as well. And so point three, wisdom is the gospel of Christ reshaping us for royalty, Uh, Here's the interesting thing about Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs starts out historically uh, as training for the young leaders of Israel. Uh, If you look at verse 1 again, uh, we see that it's the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. It's not that Solomon wrote them all, but they are a compilation of writings from several authors in the ancient world, all brought together probably to educate the young princes in Israel on how to rule. As they heard and as they meditated on these Proverbs, so they were to be shaped into greatness. Uh, Their leadership was to be wise and gracious. They would represent God's people so that Israel would be like a city on a hill. Uh, But here, of course, is the sad irony. None of these kings, these princes, would ultimately make it. Not even Solomon the greatest of all of them, the most famous wise man in all the world. Even Solomon would get it wrong. Which is why Jesus had to come. Jesus, who was wisdom incarnate. And of course, just to further emphasize this point, how did the world receive the wisdom that created and sustained it? When it came into the world, what did we do? Well, the wisest of all was put to death by fools like you and me. We, in our pride, thought we were much, but Jesus, in humility, made himself nothing for us. But he did so in order to take those of us who are nothing and to adopt us as sons and daughters of the Most High King. He did it in order to make us royal. But as we are adopted... The promise in the Bible is that he then will shape and change us into that royalty. He will shape and change us so that we too can become wise and gracious and represent the kingdom of God to a world around us. We're supposed to be like the young princes of Israel. But of course, this sort of preparation is not easy because sin has warped our bodies and disfigured our minds. Our problem is that sin has made us out of shape. We are not fit for purpose. Uh, I love the way, again, that Ray Ortland puts it. He says this, Wisdom is the gospel of Christ reshaping us for royalty. As God places us on his anvil and we trust him enough to stay there until his work is done. Uh, Do you see the picture here? The anvil is the giant iron block that you place other metals on in order to be hammered into shape. What he's saying here is that this is the way that wisdom works on us, if we will let it, if we will stay there and allow ourselves to be shaped into royalty. But this picture, I think, helps us to see a few things uh, as well. Two things in this picture. Number one, the process of gaining wisdom is hard. Uh, The process of gaining wisdom is hard, because there are, in fact, two anvils in this world. Uh, We live in a world that despises wisdom, but more than that, that actively pushes us away from it. You see, we haven't just become out of shape by ourselves, we've become out of shape because we have set ourselves not on God's anvil, but on the world's anvil, and we have let ourselves be shaped by it. So it is incredibly hard task to be bent back into our proper shapes. Uh, let me try and show you practically what this looks like. Uh, this is uh, called the Wisdom Pyramid from the book of the same name by a guy called Brett McCracken. And he's just kind of riffing here on the idea of the healthy food pyramid. Uh, obviously you want to be having lots of the good food from the bottom and little of the sugary food at the top. But McCracken says that it is the same way for the way that we think about knowledge. To put ourselves on God's anvil is to have this wisdom pyramid the right way up. But if we get it inverted, if we turn it upside down, we'll be putting ourselves on the world's anvil. We are being beaten out of shape. Uh, Because how does this pyramid work for those of us who want to become wise? We've got to figure out who we're actually listening to. At the bottom level there is the Bible. This is God's word for us. If we are to fear God, then this is the thing that we need to be listening to most closely. Next is the community of believers that you put around you. The local church, your community. Then the created world. The whole world, of course, testifies towards its creator if your eyes are open to see it. And then as we go up, we've got books, particularly old books, great books, books that can open your eyes to the way that our world works. But then, and only then, will we be able to jump into things like the internet and social media in ways that are wise and healthy. Uh, You can see immediately the problem when we get this out of sync. And often, if we take a good hard look at ourselves, this wisdom pyramid is often inverted. And if that is the case then we are at risk of being shaped by the world. Because we need to realise that phones, marketing, the rubbish we watch on Netflix, all of that is always shaping us. We can't be naive about it. But also, we don't need to despair. Why? Because wisdom is a gracious gift that God gives us to be reshaped into royalty. But it won't be easy, which brings us to our second point. Wisdom is a process over time. Here's the thing, we won't get wise overnight. We won't get wise from a single moment. Instead, what it is, is that constant hammering of our souls from a master craftsman who loves us and is shaping us back into the creation that he wants us to be. It's a scary thought, but it's also an exciting thought as we approach wisdom, God will be working through this Spirit on all of us. And all our job is, is to stay on that anvil while God does His work. Because it is God who is reshaping us for royalty. Jesus, who has already been through the fires of judgment on our behalf, which means that we can trust Him to make us right. So, to finish today, uh, where are we headed now? Well, next week we're going to look at wisdom, uh, and in particular, one of the central characters of Proverbs, Lady Wisdom, in chapter 8. Proverbs is loosely divided into two halves, 1 to uh, 9, like chapters that all hang together. They're more a series of speeches. Uh, So we're going to be looking at chapter 8 in that. And then the week after, we're going to dip into 10 to 31, the back end of Proverbs, which is where you get a lot of these proverbial sayings. Uh, What we're going to do is we're going to look at one theme and we're going to look at the issue of money and see how Proverbs helps us think through uh, this idea of wealth uh, and money. Uh, So that's where we're heading, Uh, but just a reminder of where we have been. What does Proverbs do for us? Why should we pay attention? Well, because Proverbs helps us to live life well. Proverbs is a grace-filled gospel book all about Jesus. And because wisdom is the gospel of Christ, reshaping us for royalty. So let's pray that God is going to be doing that. Uh, I'm going to pray, uh, and then we're going to sing a song that helps us to see that that is a prayer itself, praying that the Holy Spirit would come and be working in our hearts. So let me pray, and then we will sing together. Father, we thank you for the wisdom that you have given us, the wisdom of Proverbs. Uh, We thank you that it is something that helps us to live life well. It is a treasure that we have. But thank you, Father, that it is more than that, that it points us towards Jesus. Uh, And in Jesus, we can see the wisest person who has ever lived, uh, who used his wisdom in order to save us. Uh, So, Father, help us uh, as uh, we are reshaped into royalty uh, to know that we have a good God who loves us, who cares for us, uh, and is shaping us to be who he wants us to be. And we pray all of this, Father, in your Son's name. Amen.